0: Oh, it's Just plain Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Through the body, through the time, through the body. Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane? Call Just Plane Radio toll-free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please.
1: I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for the last edition of Just Plane Radio for 2019 as we uh attempt to navigate the latest aviation news and information one last time uh to keep you informed as you uh get ready to celebrate 2020 are you ready dennis what do you think i am ready all right so uh you know basically what we want to do is is make sure you go into the new year informed and and that you haven't missed any deadlines cuz chances are you probably have i mean the faa the faa is doing what they can uh, to keep us uh, informed, but they, they got some changes coming down the pike uh, more specifically. It has to do with your written tests. Is that right? If you wanted to become a private pilot or do some continuing education, whether it's multi-engine, that kind of thing, right?
2: Right. Anything that required a written test, um, you know, you would basically call up and uh, schedule your appointment and you would show up at the exam center and they would give you a written piece of paper with your results and it would have a, a raised stamp on it. And, the big warning, don't lose this uh, this result sheet, you know, and you'd have to hand those results over to your examiner. Mm-hmm. Well, the FAA is, is trying to streamline that process now by requiring that the same FTN, your FAA tracking number that you use to schedule in IACRA for your flight tests, mm-hmm. that FTN will also be used to register for your written tests. Okay. So it kind of makes sense instead of a separate test ID, which was usually like based off your social or something like that. They're going to tie everything into one ID and make it easier for the examiners to be able to pull up all of the information for your test instead of you having to remember where did I leave that result sheet that it took a year ago or, you know, things like that. So they're going to try to make it easier, a little bit more efficient, a little less paperwork.
1: Now, wait, um, is that what they're saying or, or is that the truth or is this just another way so they can track exactly what all the pilots or wannabe pilots are trying to do?
2: I don't think they really care that people are taking the test so much as you know being able to keep the you know the results was always dependent on a piece of paper and and now it'll all be centralized into a single database and, mm-hmm. and make yeah. it easier for your instructors and the examiners to have all of the information. I am just they playing need.
3: little
1: devil's advocate on the big brother thing. I am just saying there might be some people who think that way, but but I, I, you know, hopefully, they're just trying to make it better for the instructors, like you said, in centralizing some of this information. So maybe it can be a little bit more efficient. Chances are it won't be, but you can use that argument, I guess, right?
2: That's right. And if you want to know more about it, the FAA is running another series of webinars. I believe it'll be January 8th. They're running two webinars that are uh, available for anyone to log in and see what the changes are, what they're doing. Uh, This is all part of a, a bigger initiative. They just recently signed a new contract for several years to run the FAA written testing. And some of the um, stuff in the press release from that was talking about how there'll be changes to the testing process as well in the near future. So in my case, I think I want to hurry up and get my uh, FAA uh, instructor, instrument instructor, written test done quickly before they change anything else. Right.
1: Well, because also it it will create one more step you have to go through before you get your written test uh, accomplished or executed. You have to go get this number, right? Right.
2: If you don't already have one. In my case, because I've taken a couple other uh, check rides uh, since the IACRA system was implemented, I already have an FTN. But for somebody that's new, like in your case, I don't think you have an FTN yet. No. Um, You you probably just went and took a written test, uh, what, seven years ago and got the paperwork for it. Yeah, maybe it's it's been about that, yeah. And now you got to go find that expired test result because you have to bring that with you when you go to retest.
1: Why? say it expired anyway so I just got to it's so start
2: expired start. but you still have to bring it in with you uh when you go to take your test again I do so now you see why it's easier to just have an ftn and keep it there instead of having to Well have if the, I uh, don't results.
1: and I just say I never took it before well who who would who would care it'd been this like 7 years
2: <laughs> they know well
1: I'm sure they know but would <laughs> it matter I mean they want to know what I know now not what I knew 7 years ago right and I they God do, knows, but I, I I don't want to do it again and then find out I did worse. <laughs> so I don't know, yeah. You know, like, if I remember correctly, I did pretty good on the written test. I mean, I did a lot of cramming, you know, for that. So I, uh, you know, the bar would be pretty high. I'd rather go in there and just like ah, I just want to pass, which would instill confidence in any of my uh, airline passengers that I take up with me, I guess once i start training, well i don't think yeah.
2: we have any danger of that happening anytime soon oh
1: don't even come on you know let's end the come uh, on, new year in, coming exactly, up here, greg in exactly in the year on an up note dennis you, you got to talk me up uh, talk me up
2: i've or talked I me down Or I could use, <laughs> use the last chance to talk you down
1: <laughs> okay
2: but uh but yeah
1: just these are some of the things you got to take into account if you uh, are you know got some tests in you're planning to do cuz like you said whether it's your you know, uh, becoming a private pilot for the first time, it's just a new little hoop you got to jump through, I guess. But it's no different than, you know, probably, you know, signing up for a username and password on any kind of app or something. Uh, that's what it sounds like to me. Is that a pretty good yep, description? And- yeah.
2: It's, that's exactly what you're going to have to do. And you'd need that FAA tracking number when you actually go to schedule your, your actual, um, FAA check ride anyway. So it's just getting you in the system and getting that, that step taken care of now, rather than waiting until you're ready to take your check ride.
1: They want to be able to watch you. Just saying. Yeah. There's if a big
2: brother's watching out. Maybe they're going to use it to help motivate you to finish up your license.
1: Okay. You can look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. That'd be one gonna, way. <laughs>
2: The FAA is going to start knocking on your Greg, it's been seven years. You really need to step it up here. Come on. Right. So
1: Well, have you finished out the year or are you planning to finish off uh, the year with any flights for you, Dennis, in your Mooney 201?
2: How's the oh, weather
1: cooperating in, this week
2: for you? It's winter in Minnesota. It's right. variable. We've had a gorgeous um, weather leading up to Christmas. And now there's, uh, you know, snow in the forecast the next few days. But if it clears up, you know, we might try to get a little trip in somewhere here. We're just going to keep watching the weather and see what happens.
1: I mean, what about the whole New Year's Eve, uh, you know, timeline thing?
2: If the weather's nice, I'm going to take off on New Year's Eve and fly into the new year. It might annoy the neighbors taking off at 1130 and landing at uh, at one, but hey.
1: Well, well, you're not near the airport. They're probably
2: up partying. No, but uh, the the people that live near the airport probably won't be. Oh, so happy screw! With me. They expect it.
1: That's why you know it, it. It wasn't like they were there first, or maybe they were. I don't know. But uh, but you know, with all the rebel rousing that'll be going on in New Year's Eve, they won't
2: even. That won't even yeah. be a second guess.
1: Everybody yeah.
2: would be up drinking and partying anyway, so right. it's a little extra noise.
1: Exactly. I mean, do you got to take any uh, special, you know, considerations for New Year's Eve other than you know making sure no one's like. Shooting off firearms into the sky and and you have plenty of altitude between you and the partiers on New Year's Eve?
2: No, no. It's just like any other flight. Just go out and see the Christmas lights. And that's that's probably something we're going to try to do. My wife would uh, like to go fly around and see all the uh, you know, people's holiday displays. And we've got a place that does uh, uh, kind of like the hay rides, except you take your own car through and see their fancy light display. We could actually save the $20 a person for the car truer by just flying over it. Well
1: absolutely. Yeah, I mean flying so, yeah. into the future. Uh so you could exactly. go celebrate New Year's Eve before everybody back home in Minnesota, right? Or sure, we could go fly, fly time
2: way? zone east and yeah. yeah, if we but but that well flying east
1: would would be kind of sucky for you I guess up in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a lot of good options uh, that way. So I don't know. Yeah, you could fly back in time or yeah, something like that, and go fly west and say, "Hey, man, just wait till New Year's. You won't believe what you're gonna see. I've, I I I just came from the future. Is that how it works? Sure. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but it'd definitely be a scenic flight. Have you ever done that before, where you flew on New Year's Eve like this, or no?
2: Yeah, we've done it a couple of times. Uh, we have uh, a casino actually not far from the airport. Uh, in fact, you can use their, their sign as a good beacon at night when you're coming home. You can see the, the red of Mystic Lake Casino from quite a ways away. Yeah. And so they, uh, they have done some pretty, uh, pretty good holiday, uh, firework displays. And so we've, we've gone up and watched those from the airplane and that's really kind of cool to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, just taking off in 2019 and, you know, landing in 2020. Would be kind of a fun flight, just to say you did it, been there, done that kind of thing. Isn't that like a bucket list yeah, then, uh, aviation thing to check off?
2: Well, and how do you put it in your logbook? Was the takeoff, uh, you know, what, at the line item, what year was it? Did you put it for the takeoff or for the landing?
1: I had a flight that lasted two <laughs> whole years. How about that? Now, th- that would That's be a good way impressive. to put it. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, they're not going to read your logbook that closely anyway and
2: probably not care either
1: well probably not but it, it yeah, bragging rights right yeah. i think so so well, it's, definitely it's an some,
2: excuse to go fly right well yeah Any whatever excuse, excuse is a good
1: excuse exactly see we're here to provide these uh you know provide the inspiration for our passengers and you know maybe uh pilots as well so there you go I and mean, we got that and much much more coming up on the last show of 2019 right here on just plane radio stay close
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. you are now clear for takeoff with just plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle
3: happy new year to you happy 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 happy
1: This is Just Plane Radio, Greg your co-pilot, that's me, Happy New Year to you, and I'm talking to Dennis and everyone else listening today at Just Plane Radio as we navigate the latest aviation news and information for the last time in 2019. All right, so last week we spoke about Open Plane shutting down operations, and this was a I don't know. It was a, a, a company that was trying to set it up where you could go to different towns. Like if you're traveling on vacation during the holidays, you want to sneak in a flight, just go to, uh, you know, the local FBO and, and find a flight school that has a, you know, has a fleet of aircraft and, and say, hey, I'm an open plane uh, certified. Can I uh, take this one for a ride? It sounded like a good idea. But then they uh, ran into some issues with liability and are they trained properly and all this kind of. Nine. Well, anyway, long story short, they, uh, they shut down. It just wasn't working out. And we talked about that last week. So this other story we have this week kind of ties to that a little bit, at least in my mind. And this has to do with like Uber planes or something. Is that, is that right, Dennis? What? What is
2: it? It's more Uber for airplanes. Okay. You know, where the Uber app has really turned the taxi industry on its head, right? You know, yeah. Just pull out your app and a car shows up and off you go. Gotta love well, it. Well, there's, hey, okay, it's a great idea. Well, wouldn't you love to be able to do the same thing with an airplane? That I would need be to, pretty
1: nice. I, I, yeah, you know, hey. I, I think we ought to take all the commercial uh, airplane operators and have them operate
0: like that.
2: That would be pretty yeah. sweet. For our benefit, but. There's a lot of reasons why the barriers are set so high for commercial carriers, and it all has to do with liability. You know, uh-huh. as a user, you just expect that that airplane's going to be safe. The pilots are qualified, right? That's a minimal oh, expectation. That's right. Well, <laughs> they
1: have had that little issue with the rideshare stuff. Like, yeah, sure, it's cheaper, it's more convenient. Oh, the person driving you around might be a serial killer. However,
2: or you, know, or you might get a complimentary sexual assault while you're at it. Well, okay. <laughs> Bonus, no extra charge
1: uh, for you know, like someone like Dennis or me. For other folks, maybe,
2: maybe that maybe might not. be a bad thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So I don't know. They they got to keep the quality control up. So the FAA has stepped in and told uh, this one particular company what what is it called again? Black something? What? Blackbird. Blackbird, who has this app, and they've kind of developed this whole, you know, Uber kind of deal well basically the app brought the airplane and a pilot together and then you could book them together and then fly uh, ideally cheaper i guess or more conveniently that was the concept do i got it right
2: yeah something along that line i mean commercial airlines only are going to fly from airport to airport where they've got operations so that might not work well if you wanted to go to you know say an island in the Bahamas, for instance, you know, Mm -hmm. just because it's more convenient for where you want to go and they don't have commercial service. Well, you could charter a plane. Well, that's expensive. Well, what if you could just rent a seat on a plane? And, you know, that, that was the whole idea is that you could get around some of these rules and requirements because you were, you yourself were supposedly leasing the airplane and then you were hiring a pilot that gets around the charter or the air carrier requirements or so Blackbird thought. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, the FAA has come to and made a very clear ruling that not only does this break, you know, break many existing rules, but pilots that are flying uh, these flights could be putting their certificates in jeopardy by flying illegal charters. Uh-huh. Basically.
1: So the FAA has stepped in and said there should not be an app for that.
2: And, <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: have, have told them to uh, kind of cease and desist or, or are they or have they just warned uh, people that are thinking about using this service, like, hey, uh,
2: it may not be a great idea.
1: Uh, they're doing a little bit of both. Is that it with this announcement they put out?
2: Yeah, if more or less. Uh, the FAA's wording was, if you pay for a charter flight, you're entitled to a high le- higher level of safety than is required from a free flight for a friend. And you're not guaranteed to get that in this current situation. Mm -hmm. Now, they're not saying that the app itself is what they're doing is 100% illegal, because if you are flying with an operator that is leasing the plane and has pilots that are covered by a charter certificate, such as a part 135 or even a 119, you know, type of air carrier certificate. Right. It's perfectly legal for you to do it. Um, But anything else. Uh, You know, if I was to just put myself on the app as a pilot and capable of flying, you know, these airplanes and you, you, you know, you go to, you go in there and book, say, uh, a Mooney or a Cessna or something like that. And I pick, you know, pick me as a pilot. I would be in very big trouble because technically I am holding out my services as a pilot, which is illegal for me to do. Got it. Uh, I have to be working for someone flying their airplane and be listed on their certificate. Right.
1: So it's buyer beware if you use the app. Uh, just from a safety standpoint, and then it's, uh, hey, pilots, if you're involved in this kind of thing, just know we're watching you. You know, we're tracking you. And if you end up doing uh, this, and something happens, chances are eh, we're going to come back and uh, get you pretty good there because, uh, you know, that is a, uh, you know, we've talked about this many times in the past. Like if you become a private pilot, one of the things uh, that you would think uh, that, you know, especially when you're first getting into it. I mean, I was in this category. I was like, hey, I'll become a private pilot. I'll buy an airplane, and then I'll bring all my buddies along, have them pay for everything so I can fly, fly them around for free. And they're like, no, no, you can't do that. Not until you get as a special As long as you
2: split the expenses, you're fine. Well,
1: screw that noise. I want them to pay for all of it. I don't want to pay for none of it. I'm putting in all the work and the training and everything. And, yeah, then you come back and tell me, no, you can't do that until you get a special certification and And then actually be a uh, pilot for hire, right? Which is a whole different level of training,
2: correct? Right, and you know, pilot for hire means a couple of different things. You know, me as a commercial pilot, um, I still can't be paid to go fly you in my airplane because then it would be considered a a charter operation Mm -hmm. because I am offering the airplane and my services to you. However, if you owned the airplane and wanted to hire me to be your pilot then that's perfectly okay. You I like the first scenario want. much better. Well, yeah, you love that scenario. Hey, Dennis, bring your plane down, pick me up, and fly me to the Bahamas and pick up all the bills. Yeah, good Lord, let's go. You it need sounds, more friends like me, don't you?
1: Hey, it sounds like a win-win to me, Dennis. I mean, come on. Let's Actually, it
2: was a lot of fun. I mean. Look, my, my wor-
1: company is worth millions, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> let, me,
2: <laughs> let me check with your wife on that. Right. Yeah, no, don't.
1: Uh, anyway, here, here's the But thing. I think
2: we, we made a pretty equitable arrangement. Oh, though. no, I've both fine. got to go to the Bahamas yes, and uh, yes. you picked up the scuba diving and the sharks and, but you know, a lot of this whole thing,
1: you know, with the FAA and, and, you know, along the lines of this app that they don't like, it is kind of semantics a little bit too, isn't it? I mean, it's like, they're trying to skate around some of those rules and, you know, if, if you are comfortable You know, flying with someone like that, whether you know them or not, and and you think, well, okay, I'll take the risk. It's a heck of a lot cheaper than it would if I, you know, chartered my own flight. I mean, you know, part of me is like, "Eh, if you want to go for it, go for it.
2: Well, that would be fine if the lease portion of it was actually a lease. But leasing requires that you be responsible for maintenance and all sorts of other responsibilities, and that doesn't meet the level.
1: The insurance folks got to get their money. I mean, it's you know, they're kind of baked into this whole situation which makes it a little more difficult more coming up stay close
0: just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying in the aviation lifestyle
1: i've been up around the stratosphere at 31 000 feet i'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see If you're going to fly high without fear, you're going to have to learn to love the atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings. You can't sleep. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew today navigating the latest aviation news and information on the last show for 2019. All right. So the FAA has just been pushing out a ton of stuff here. Uh, to finish out uh, the year. And, you know, we've already talked about a couple little announcements they put out there. They also have, uh, I, I don't know, this is a notice or just like a friendly reminder during the holidays that they put out? What is this, Dennis?
2: It's actually a tool that the FAA's had out for uh, over a year now called their Runway Safety Pilot Simulator. It's a—it's not a full simulator like your X-plane where you have to get your joystick out and you know, actually simulate a flight. But it's geared towards some of the issues that the FAA's uh, got a lot of uh, eyes on right now, and that is uh, runway safety. So taxiing, runway incursions, and they just recently updated uh, and put a new situation in there that you can uh, work with and train with called "heads up and eyes out." Basically, it's when you, you know how to taxi your airplane properly so you don't taxi into a light pole like some people we know have done. Mm. Uh, you know, no, wait, of, wait, what are you, what?
1: you're not directing <laughs> no, not that
2: at me, obviously. No, no, no. We we had a, remember we had uh, Gary Reeves from Flight Safety. Right. Or at, you know, yeah, Pilotsafety.org on, and he, you know, admitted that he was okay. in a rush and we programming wanna, his avionics. We, we want to direct the blame where
1: it's supposed to be. I just wanted to make well, sure. Well, I was I you...
2: trying to leave him out, but yes, wow. it, it happens. It can mm-hmm. happen to the best pilots. But, the, you know, the FAA is trying to remind us that, you know, when you're taxiing, you need to be aware of, Uh, your environment and this is a good way to simulate that they've got the little uh, scenarios there where you can practice uh taxing your airplane out to the runway and you want to be focusing on getting there and you know what obstacles might be in the way as opposed to putting your head down and programming the the avionics setting up your flight plan Mm -hmm. all that stuff should be done while you're parked either in the run-up area or even on the ramp before you get started right so if you're looking for something you know to To spend some time and refresh and and actually get wings credit for as well uh go look at the faa's runway safety simulator.com
1: there you go heads up eyes out watch the other guy run into a pole or something because you don't want to be him more sim stuff to talk about next on just plane radio
0: You remember the way the janitor was last New Year's? Oh yeah. So happy new year.
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me law, with Captain Dennis. Happy New Year to you. Hopefully you're going to make the best of these last few days of 2019. That's what we're doing by navigating the latest aviation news and information and sharing a few tips to just make you a better pilot or pilot in training, which brings us to more stuff about simulators. So this story or these tips come from who, Dennis?
2: This is from Trevor at uh, In Flight Pilot Training in uh, Flying Cloud, Minnesota.
1: Thanks, Trevor. The there.
2: Yeah, he's he's always got some nice little tidbits to hand out here, and uh, I like to you know advertise for him a little bit when we can because you know he runs one of the busiest and best flight schools in Minnesota. And there you go. His planes are com- constantly having to fight for the runways to get around all of his fleet.
1: So these are ten tips on why you should be using flight simulators in your aviation life i guess is that it or what
2: in your training or actually in just in general mm-hmm. um, because it's not flight sims aren't just for learning to fly they're also for maintaining proficiency after you get your license too. okay
1: all right so yeah your aviation life your pilot life so okay let's uh, work through these what do we got as the first one
2: well the first one's probably really obvious i mean there's a reason they invented a flight simulator it's generally cheaper to fly a sim than it is to fly the real plane Mm -hmm. you don't have to maintain it as much you don't put gas in it so it can really keep the costs down uh, since you don't have to have insurance on it since it's just sitting here on the ground Um, so you can practice a lot of uh, a lot of maneuvers get the basic of of handling how things kind of interact together using the sim
1: you can do a lot of things you're not allowed to do
2: like crash the
1: airplane you know flyovers (laughs) Uh, crowded areas, all the stuff that they, you know, they frown upon when you're up in a real plane, let alone your own.
2: Yeah. Do the, do the bad things in the sim and Mm -hmm. leave the, uh, leave the real stuff uh, for the real
1: plane. Don't focus on them, but you know, every once in a while, well, Hey, I wonder what would happen if I did this.
2: Ooh, Uh, mental note.
1: (laughs) Don't do that ever in the airplane.
2: (laughs) Right. And, and that goes to the point number two, as it's actually the safest way to learn. Because, mm. of course, you can do all of those sorts of things that you wouldn't want to do in the real plane because you're not going to endanger anything. Yeah. So, you want to simulate a failure at 50 feet of your engine? Go ahead. Right. I, you Have know, you ever done there, a no loop-de-loop?
1: Rift. Is that the technical term when you just go upside down like that? What is, what is it's it? It's
2: just a loop.
1: Just a loop. Now, if it's a loop-de-loop, that's two, isn't it?
2: At, yeah, I think that would be correct. <laughs> Technically. A loop to the loop.
1: Yeah. Corkscrew, <laughs> yeah. get it. Uh, w- yeah. Which, by the way, you've never done that in an aircraft, I'm assuming, right? Um, On not purpose? officially, no.
2: No, actually, I <laughs> have. Because I did take some aerobatic lessons. In oh, this really? Autobras, okay. So All I've right. done loops. I've done rolls. I've done hammerheads. But and, you could
1: do yeah. that in uh, your Mooney in the flight sim. You
2: would never Once, do that. yes.
1: <laughs> well, I, that's what I'm saying. You'd do it in the sim. You'd never do it in your aircraft.
2: No, I wouldn't want to take the risk. Right. It's just not worth it.
1: But have you tried that in the sim yet? Just for you fun? Know,
2: honestly, I haven't because I've been so focused on Actually getting the sim to get- set up and working for my CFII that mm-hmm. I've been more worried about getting the knobs to work correctly and make sure the app's set up so I can shoot approaches right. with it. But So I'm a bad influence
1: on you is what it is. You know, it's the holidays. What the heck? Take some time. Do some crap you're not supposed to in an airplane and have some fun in your flight sim. You know that's what they're there for—to push the limits, do things. Uh, once again, you're like, and then when you do it, and you realize, ooh, that didn't go very well. That's why you're not supposed to do this, whether you succeed in the sim or not. I guess, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah,
1: make it fun. You know, you can push some limits in the in the sim, but yeah, uh, stay focused on what you're trying to train and and learn to do. All right, so those are two tips. What's the next one? Yep.
2: The next one is using it to ace navigational procedures, whether you're using it for instrument training and actually flying an instrument approach, or you're a VFR pilot and just wanting to learn how to use the radio to navigate from airport to airport. The SIM is a great way to do it because it doesn't cost you anything. You can program waypoints into the simulator using the, the uh, GPSs that are, in the sims just like you would in the real plane. Mm-hmm. In fact, nowadays they've got little uh, little panels you can buy that actually give you the knobs and buttons that you would have on say a Garmin 430 um and actually be able to physically push the buttons just like in the real plane. Nice. And I found out after taking Abby for a flight the other day in the Mooney, I was having her do all the flying and it's time consuming to try to teach her how to use a Garmin radio while you're flying. So It makes a lot more sense. I think we're going to sit down here in the basement and have her run through on the simulator how to change frequencies, how to look up the airports, how to go direct to. Mm -hmm. And just spend an hour just running through how to operate the radios instead of having to do that in the plane when she's busy doing other things.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, anything that you can do to familiarize yourself with that task before you actually have to do it in, in the real world is uh is just gonna make you more comfortable and confident in your skills when you're uh you know under the gun so to speak right
2: exactly yeah,
1: so take advantage of your sim in that way, and okay next one where do we what do we got
2: well, the repetition that you can do in a simulator builds knowledge and muscle memory, so if something goes wrong, you can always restart you know instead of having to go back around and do a go around and go fly the pattern again, you could actually just reset and start, start back, you know, two miles back and, and redo it again and again, and see what you did wrong and how you should react differently. It gives you the ability to do that without having to, you know, actually the constraints of being in the air and flying, you just hit pause, stop the sim, talk about what went wrong, start over, redo mm-hmm. the same scenario.
1: Well, Try that's again part, until you, I remember Keith, uh, telling me in my flight training, uh, you
2: you're developing your flow,
1: right? So you get you this, uh, you know, into the habit, like uh, whether it's the scanning the dials or, or you know, okay, it's time to prepare for landing. Go through your uh, check checklist,
2: gums check, yes.
1: And uh, but but you know, obviously, you can look at a paper and look at the checklist there, but ideally, you want to have a mental. You know, flow that you're going through automatically, and the only way to kind of develop that is to turn it into a habit, right? By doing it over and and over.
2: Habits do it over and over. Right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Okay. So, and you know, obviously, simulators uh, are a great tool for developing that habit. That good habit. There's bad habits and there's good habits, and you want the good ones. More the good ones than the bad ones, right?
2: So So at least they need to cancel each other out, right? Yeah. Uh, Hopefully.
1: All right, so uh, what's next?
2: Well, you can use the simulator to master or actually to avoid any type of weather. You know, here in Minnesota, we have some very challenging weather, especially when it starts to get cold, icing and things come in. So that's either going to stop us from flying or it's going to put some serious challenges when we're actually flying. So what you can do is, you know, change those weather conditions in the simulator. You can have a perfect VFR day and all of a sudden fly into a snow squall. And you got that whiteout and you can simulate that instead of having the student dealing with that in real life where you're endangering yourself in the aircraft. You can have them go through these, oh my God, scenarios that they could potentially encounter if they don't flight plan properly. If they're on a long cross country and the weather forecast is way wrong, it gives them a chance to at least see and how to react, practice that 180 degree turn out of the cloud. All of those types of things can be done in the simulator very easy and you can throw a lot of different scenarios at them.
1: I'm glad you described that uh, that one in particular, because when you said, hey, you can use your flight sim to change the weather, I thought you had pretty much drank too much eggnog from the holidays and <laughs> it finally caught up to you. But okay, yeah, but just paint these different scenarios. So once again, when you have to deal with them in the real world, you have, uh, you're confident in your skills to navigate around them, uh, like you said, right?
2: Well, like uh, somebody has said a long time ago, practice or train like it's war so that when war is like training, right? So the same thing. Practice and practice a lot for worst case scenarios so that when you do go out and take that check checkride or you do go on that flight and everything goes well, you're, hey, great. It was easier. But if things go bad, you're, hey, I've already been through this. I already understand. I know what to do. I know how to do that 180 degree turn to get yeah. out of this, this rain or whatever. Well, like, get
1: creative. Don't make free. it just rain. Say, hey, I'm going to fly through a uh, volcanic cloud of dust. Or you know some kind of you know disaster movie kind of scenario or something. All yeah, kinds you wind of crazy. Up
2: with the sand windshield and an engine that's not running. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like Fly into a flock of birds. <laughs> you know, do all the Practice stuff. Your you're landing
2: on the river, right? Why not? Hey, hey, Scully it could happen,
1: or Sully could do it. Not Scully. Yeah, uh, that that would be a UFO. That encounter. was
2: X Files. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. Which by the way, you know, you're seeing they're having all kinds of uh, you know activity in that right now. Did you hear about this? Yeah, We're going to get into that in just a bit, but I don't know. We might have to work the UFOs into the flight sim as well. Oh, we'll add that to drones. Okay. Well, yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, I don't know. we got a few more tips to share, though, right?
2: Yep. Uh, And and the most obvious one is it's a way to stay proficient. We can talk about that after the break.
1: Okay. That's what we will do. That and maybe uh, dabble into this UFO stuff that's been popping around lately. A lot of activity. A lot of crazy stuff here at the end of 2019.
0: Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
3: Be an explorer
0: in the other two thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous.
3: Be amazed, be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org.
0: Take off with Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
3: Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind, we'll drink a cup of
2: kindness yet for days of old lang syne.
1: This is just plain radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That is me, along with Captain Dennis, wrapping out 2019. Uh, hopefully, flying for Dennis. Me, I don't know. I'll have to wait. I'll just probably have to wait and hear uh, what you did. And you can call me from the new year, Dennis. Okay, and give me a report here on uh, Wednesday. All right. Does that sound well, good.
2: Maybe I'll rub it in. I'll do it in flight. We'll use the Bluetooth feature on the uh, audio panel and call right. you in the air. I was like, I'm watching you won't a ball be drop at one in the morning. Will you?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, it'll, yeah. I <laughs> got voicemail. Anyway, <laughs> simulators are what we're kind of. You know, we got some tips that our buddy Trevor was uh, willing to share. So we thought we'd navigate through them just a little bit on how you can use your simulators to make you a better pilot, uh, especially when it comes to your flight training. So we've covered about six. We've got four left. So what, what are these tips? Let's get through them. and Then we'll talk about some UFO action.
2: So obviously simulators are a great way to stay proficient. The FAA has finally recognized that too. And for your instrument proficiency now, the, whether you do it in a simulator or in the air, the, the requirement to log six approaches every six months doesn't matter. They last the same amount of time. It used to be that they were only good for three months if you did it in a simulator and they've recognized that with uh, using an approved simulator is no different than flying in the actual airplane. Mm-hmm. So it's an easy way to stay proficient. And just, you know, you're, you're thinking about flying, you're practicing, you're going through processes and checklists. And it's just great to just keep running through that and keeping proficient, even if you can't get out to the airport and go fly.
1: Well, it can be a great backup. You can go out to the airport with that plan, but maybe the weather won't cooperate. All right, I'll just knock it out in the sim today. Maybe look at it yeah. as a plan B. All right, what's the next one?
2: Well, the, you can practice at home. You don't have to go out to the airport. You don't
1: so, even have to wear pants.
2: Might be encouraged, but <laughs> you're right. You don't have to. Uh, and again, it comes back to proficiency. So if you can practice at home, are you more likely to do it more frequently? If you're studying for you know, your instrument check ride or an instrument instructor check ride, there's nothing to say you can't go and spin up the simulator, go sit down and shoot a couple of approaches just to get in the you know, thought process again and go head out to the airport. Then with all that fresh in your mind, as you get in the airplane.
1: Right. But before you uh, leave the house, yeah. Put the pants back on.
2: Put the pants on. Right. Yeah. All right. The next one. Uh, it's also a way to hone your radio skills. Uh, there has been, you know, several internet options now available where you can actually install a plug-in on either on the computer or in the applications to actually get clearances and talk to controllers. There's other users out of the internet running systems like VATSIM and Pilot Edge where they can actually see your airplane in Flight Simulator or X-Plane or in a Redbird and actually issue you clearances like a real air traffic controller. So if you're not, you know, a little apprehensive about your radio skills, put a headset on and, you know, log into VATSIM and practice getting clearances. Great way to do it. You won't make a fool of yourself because, hey, it's just you and a couple of people on the Internet, right? Yeah.
1: They could even probably watch you through the through your ring uh, video Maybe. thing, too. <laughs> you never know. And then the final tip on how to use simulators to make you uh, a better pilot is.
2: Well, I think it's it's the best way to prepare for in-flight emergencies. You can do things in the simulator. We already kind of hinted about this, but. You can do things that you would never want to try in the real plane. There's no way I would ever pull the power on a student at, you know, at a hundred feet off the end of the runway. The chances for that going sideways are way too high, but I have no reservations at all about pulling the engine as soon as they rotate or things like that in a simulator, because you know that worst case, you reset, start over and you learn from it. And I experienced this firsthand at Oshkosh when we were doing some teaching at the pilot proficiency center where you'd pull the engine on a, on a pilot and they didn't even realize it and would wind up crashing in the woods. And you could go back and say, all right, let's think about this. And it gave (laughs) all those campers.
1: Think about this would be, Oh, the humanity.
2: Yeah. Well, and it was great because that it gave that pilot an opportunity. Oh, you know, I never really thought about it. And everybody gets in that tunnel vision of the engine's always working. It's never going to fail on me. And now that it has, Maybe I need to think more, uh, a little bit differently about my takeoff. Do Mm -hmm. I want to turn right and go over the water? Do I want to turn left and go over land? You know, which way sets me up to be able to come back if I, you know, to a runway, assuming that the engine were to fail high enough. So that's the kind of preparation, things you can do in the sim and practice it and get yourself in that mindset.
1: That's right. Well, those are all good tips. And uh, you know, just something to keep in mind. Now, I don't know if the, any of the Sims are incorporating UFOs, but it's probably just a matter of time. Or there's probably a plug in you can get for X Plane to start doing that. Because, you know, as I said earlier, you know, uh we're getting some UFO activity. You know, the latest thing is what this Navy pilot claims he is uh well, they get they shouldn't have been showing the video on TV of this thing that is uh Well, they can't explain what the heck it is because it's all flying Physics. Have you seen the video? You have, right?
2: I've seen the videos, and the Navy has even confirmed the credibility of it, but they're not venturing to say what it is. Right. So I'm wondering if the whole Storm Area 51 maybe flushed some Air Force program out of the closet.
1: Yeah, just for like an end of the year, you know, kind of fun story, you know, for a slow news day or something. I don't know. But uh it's interesting stuff. I mean, yeah, they're not saying they're f- spaceships, but they're saying it defies, you know, the physics of flying, uh beyond anything that the Navy or anyone else they're aware of uh knows of. And and they've ruled out, by the way, Russia and China. Did you see that news report too? They said these they don't know I, what that is.
2: So I didn't. But it's probably some kid with a drone or something that <laughs> It'll turn out to be.
1: Well, right. define the laws of physics when it comes to flying. No, I think it's little green men. I think it could be. I don't know. But uh, but who knows what's going on with that? It's just something else we got to be on the lookout for. You you could hope it's drones. That'd be the least of our worries. If it's uh, little aliens watching us now, too, well, it's just something else to think about. You know, don't lock on to them or anything, because uh, evidently you won't win the battle, according to some of the news reports. There's all these rumors that the Russians did that and the Chinese did that. And now there's missing pilots and stuff. Hey, and on that uplifting note, we'll wrap it up for 2019. Till next year, remember, there's no better high than learning to
0: fly.